Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting opportunity with you. The Breaking Free Workshop will teach you a step-by-step guide to turn your passions into profit. Join us for a transformative experience where you'll learn how to smash through your career plateau with a personalized plan in five strategic steps, avoid common mistakes that could be holding you back, and identify critical actions for the next month to accelerate your progress toward your goals. Don't miss this opportunity to take control of your career destiny and create the lifestyle you desire. Your first workshop is free. Register now for the Breaking Free Workshop. Visit smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops for all the details. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops. And the last five years I've been at early and growth stage startups, building these design teams, building products from scratch to a version one, or taking a version one product to a more mature state. Today on Smashing the Plateau, we're honored to have Andre De La Cruz, an entrepreneur with a rich background in user experience and product design. Andre has spent 15 years perfecting his craft, transitioning from a designer to a leader, and now he's taking a bold leap into the entrepreneurial world. Andre will share his journey of moving from the agency side to in-house positions at startups, navigating challenges such as limited budgets and fluctuating team sizes, and how these experiences have led him to co-found his own agency. In our conversation, Andre will dive into the nuances of starting an agency with partners, the importance of aligning work with core values, and how they've adapted their business model in a market that's constantly evolving. He'll also discuss the strategic move towards launching a software business and how establishing a community, embracing networking, and leveraging the power of collaboration have been pivotal for growth. Whether you're an established entrepreneur or just starting out, Andre's insights will provide valuable lessons on adaptability, the significance of community, and the boldness required to ride the wave of business ownership. So buckle up as we discuss how to build a sustainable business, the power of community, and the art of smashing the plateau in your entrepreneurial journey. Now let's welcome Andre De La Cruz. Andre is a user experience and product design professional with 15 years of experience. After losing his job last July, Andre co-founded an agency called Rally, specializing in brand, user experience, and product with his two partners, seasoned brand and product professionals, and a team of senior talent. Rally gives startups flexible monthly access to their team of senior designers and product managers through a subscription. Prior to Rally, Andre spent the last five years at early and growth stage startups, building and leading design teams and working with product and executive leadership to build new products from an idea to the first version and bringing version one products to a more mature, polished professional state. Andre, welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me, David. It's a pleasure. Tell me a little bit more about your career, describing some of the pivot points that motivated you to decide that entrepreneurship was going to be in your future. Sure. Yeah, I've not always 
thought I'd be a entrepreneur. I was pretty happy working full time. And I think over the course of 15 years, I've gradually, obviously, like everybody learned more about what I like and honestly ends up being more of what you don't want to be doing. <laughs> so that is often the case. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, I've been doing user experience and product design for 15 years. And I think one pivot point, I moved from working on the agency side to uh, working in-house to be closer to the product. I also moved from bigger companies to smaller startups, also to be closer to the product, just wanting to evolve products over time, be closer to the user needs. Uh, I'm, I'm very much a builder. And I think probably another pivot point for me was moving from being a designer to being a manager and like a leader of designers. So kind of moving from not just building products, but also building teams and leading teams towards building those products. And the last five years I've been at early and growth stage startups, building these design teams, building products from scratch to a version one or taking a version one product to a more mature state. And some of the challenges I've found in the last five years, you know, it is challenging to make meaningful improvements to products even at some of these startups, it can be a lot of work for very little progress or none at all. Some of that has to do with, oftentimes some of these businesses and these companies don't, you know, design is not always the most important thing or the product is not always the most important thing. There's also limited budget, especially in the last couple of years. That doesn't always go to our departments, which leads to, you know, as somebody that builds teams and leads design teams, I've experienced over the last five years, my team basically getting cut multiple times whether it be just changes in priorities or over hiring. And you know, from a business point of view, that's often, it can actually be a fair decision objectively, but it is just that lack of control. And I think what a lot of people are finding is the security of a nine to five is not actually that secure. So yeah, that's why six months ago, I decided to start, start my agency with uh, two of my partners. Yeah, there definitely can be a yo-yo effect when you're, when you're an employee and jobs disappear kind of suddenly, you know, particularly if your income is primarily from your job, then your income is going from a hundred percent to zero or close to zero. And then it'll bounce back up to a hundred percent and then it can suddenly bounce down again. So yeah, if you can build some kind of consistent revenue or diversified revenue as an entrepreneur, it certainly diversifies the risk and, and can, actually create something that's more stable than a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I found it's, it's been a, a challenge learning how to make your, make your own money without the, a, a company backing you, but it's been really educational. I do feel, you know, I don't, I don't see myself going back. So I, I really enjoyed the experience over the last six months. Yeah. As a business owner that, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I was hearing you describe your career and going from being a contributor to being a manager and a leader building teams. And I know there, there are very different skill sets that you need, right. To be a contributor in a, in a, you know, a discipline, whether it's technical or otherwise, mm -hmm. then you need to manage people and to build teams. And the same thing is true when you become an entrepreneur and you kind of alluded to it, that figuring out a way to generate consistent income in your own business is very different than getting a paycheck. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Wearing lots of hats. I'm lucky to have partners and kind of a small team to help. Um, I'm very much, a, you know, I, I think there are a lot of solopreneurs and I don't think that's something that I personally could do. I think I'm very much like a team guy and leaning on people that are just better <laughs> at certain things than I am and being able to sort of facilitate that process of um, getting on the same page across multiple people about what we want to do and how to do it. I think it's definitely like an acquired skill that I'm grateful that I've had sort of that, that management experience to help. 
be able to do that. Yeah. In, in this process of going from employee to entrepreneur, how did you figure out the partnership piece and who to partner with versus just doing it on your own? Yeah, I have one friend that we've been talking for years that, hey, let's just start our own thing. We're kind of tired of these nine to fives and five, 10 years later, we're finally doing it. So it's a process. It's, it's a process. Yeah. I think it's a bit of timing. I think like a lot of people, you know, getting laid off can be a blessing in disguise and a launch pad to start something new, but we've worked together on multiple occasions. He's, he's more of our brand and uh, visual design experts. I'm more of like the user experience and product expert together. We sort of cover the gamut of design needs for a tech startup. And then my, my other partner, third person, in our trio as a very expert product leader and product manager. We've also known each other for quite a while. The three of us actually all know each other. So that's, that's worked out. And, you know, I think oftentimes, you know, we're, we're very interested in eventually building our own software. That's actually something we're looking at this year. And something we, we talked about before bringing on this third person was maybe our third person should be a technical person, like an engineer or something. And, you know, I, I think part of starting this business is I want to work with people that I like working with. You know, I, I want this to be my forever home, my last job. And I want to bring in people that, you know, I want to spend time with and build things with. I unfortunately don't have any, I, I know some engineers, but none that I am like, oh, I will, I will get married to this person, you know, cause that's really what you're doing when you're, when you're taking part- partners to build a company. And I didn't want somebody that's just a a coder or an engineer, but I still wanted somebody with complementary skills. And so between me doing like UX design and my other partner doing brand design, I think having like a product management expert, somebody that knows how to bring products to market, make things real and everything that goes into doing that, especially if software is something I'm interested in getting into. It was still you know, a complementary skill set while also being somebody that, you know, I we both wanted to spend time with and build something with. So. Yeah. And um, Andre, how did you come up with your business model? Because it's, it's an interesting model. Yeah, it's, I mean, to be frank, it's a, it's a bit of a copycat. There's one guy who's popularized the model of this month-to-month subscription to design services. It's called Design Joy. And then there's another company called Design Pickle. And they've been around for, you know, I want to say six, five or six years already. And I'm only just discovering this model as of last spring. And in addition to the subscription piece, the model also leans heavily on asynchronous collaboration. So less meetings, more time doing the work kind of thing, more documentation, which is something that resonates with me as like a, I'm very big on like remote first working and maker schedules, like creating maker schedules for my team. So that's something I spend a lot of time when I've, I've been managing teams to make sure that, that my team has that. Um, and so that's something that really resonated with me is like, we have this remote world that's moving towards more remote first practices, like asynchronous communication. Subscription is something that is a familiar, very familiar concept to anybody to understand. You know, me and my partner, you know, we discovered this last spring and we're like, we, we could do this. And I think it's a good starting point for us. But it was exactly that. It was a starting point. And as, as we've been, you know, getting on sales calls for the first time and fumbling through those and talking to customers and working with clients, we've now adjusted the model a little bit to um, just be more flexible to what the market wants. So we don't just offer a subscription model. We also offer other ways of engaging with us, like hourly, retainer, fixed cost projects, that sort of thing. But it's all tailored to what the customer wants. and. And so we've come up with things like packages that are specific to projects that we're seeing commonly come in as an example, but we've still maintained like the subscription model as like one of our core offerings. Yeah. So what, you know, given kind of what you've 
accomplished and what you've experienced over this initial bit of time, what would you say are some of your primary business objectives for the, you know, the short term, maybe the next few years? Yeah, it's interesting. I think um, when uh, my partner, Dan and I, the, you know, myself and I'm the UX designer, my partner, Dan, is the brand designer. When Dan and I started, we, we thought it might just be the two of us for a while. And so, you know, we've been talking about pricing a lot. And so when we priced things out, it was based on just two of us. We're just trying to make an income. We do the work ourselves. We're a small agency of two. And then as sort of we talked about our ambitions, we've taken on a third partner. We've hired some part-timers. We want to get the software business stood up sometime this year. We've had to adjust our pricing. And so basically increase it to make sure that we're accounting for making a a living wage ourselves uh, while also putting money away for the software business that we want to launch this year. And so, yeah, the business objectives have been around making a certain amount of monthly recurring revenue uh, this half and getting a certain number of clients and like specifically like subscription clients, ones that are, that have like ongoing needs that will pay us month to month for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So those are two, those are two goals that we have near term, you know, long-term we'd like to have the software business be as sizable as, as the agency one. And so we have those kind of two revenue streams coming in. It makes a lot of sense. What kind of advice would you offer somebody else who might be following in your footsteps, not necessarily the same exact business or a direct competitor, but somebody who's following this same kind of transition of trying to ditch the the corporate yo-yo and create something that is more financially sustainable over the long term, more mm-hmm. control, more kind of in sync and consistent with maybe what's important to you personally in mm-hmm. the way you work, who you serve, where you work, hours intersection with family and personal life, et cetera. What kind of advice would you offer somebody else? Yeah. I think three things come to mind. Uh, I think one, if you don't have to quit your job and you can find the time to do it on the side, you know, I, I think I would highly recommend that. I think there's been, I mean, definitely like, I mean, me, me and Dan went, went full-time on this. Our third partner is, is part-time on it and he still has a full-time job. But yeah, I mean, if you, if you have the discipline, to build something on the side while you have like a full-time job, it can be beneficial. You don't have to kind of operate with the scarcity mindset or having to make decisions just because you need to pay the bills kind of thing. That's, that is, I've tried to do that in the past. I'm just such like a singular guy. And especially if you're in a like management role, you're, you're so invested in that team and those people and building the product. I think it's, it was hard for me to try to build something on the side while, while having a full-time job in a role like that. But if you can swing it, building something on the side and then transitioning once, you know, that's, that's making you enough money to comfortably do that. I'm a big fan of that. I think, yeah, there's this, I came across this concept of, of style points. His name is Greg Eisenberg. He's a, he's been on LinkedIn. He's like X, we work. He runs a couple of different businesses, including like an agency similar to ours, but he talks about style points. And that is basically, it's not just achieving the goals, but it's also how you achieve them and how you achieve them should map to your values. So I really like this concept of, of style points that Greg has kind of shared with the community. So getting clear on your values and then you know keeping yourself honest about those values and making sure that the way you operate every day towards achieving your goals is in line with those values. Yeah. So let's actually talk a little bit about something you just touched on in mm-hmm. your, uh, your comment about style points, which is community. Mm-hmm. How are you tapping into community to try to achieve the kind of success you want? Yeah, I mean, community, community is so important to me, and I think I'm, I'm finding it's even more important now that I'm, I've started my own business. 
And I think when you're a, a full-time, you're at a full-time job, you're an employee, uh, your community can very easily just become the people at that company. And the interesting thing that's happened since you know, starting Rally has been, you know, in, in the process of just reaching out to folks or posting on LinkedIn or, you know, doing any kind of marketing. I've, I've had just so many people from my 15 year career just reach out and try to help me. And that's been so valuable. And they've introduced me to other folks that are like-minded or trying to do similar things. And so even if you are a, like a solopreneur and you're doing this on your own, you can still have a community. And I think it's even more important in that case. I'm lucky enough to have two partners and like a small team of part-timers helping me and I can kind of go to them for help. But I also have found that over the last six months, I've sort of, I think of them as like my LinkedIn regulars, <laughs> just basically people that are always messaging me and we're always communicating back and forth. We do periodic Zoom calls and it's a mix of like old coworkers or entrepreneurs that I've met just on the internet. And it's just been so helpful, I think, especially if you are just executing day-to-day, week-to-week, just getting inspiration from other people in the community is so helpful for just Zooming out and helping you course correct when you might not otherwise kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is there an example or a story of a, a benefit that you think wouldn't have happened without your interaction with community? Yeah. Let me think. Yeah. I, I encountered a, um, it's, it's somebody that I follow on LinkedIn and we recently had a Zoom call and she is a uh, you know, growth designer, like a product designer like me, focused on, on growth, turn growth marketer for creatives, mostly solopreneurs. And we got on a Zoom call recently and you know, we've been doing all this outreach and it's been very much focused on like direct clients. Like I'm not, I'm not like a sales and marketing person. It's just, it's, I'm, I'm a designer, but I'm, I'm learning to kind of do all these roles now. And she was like, you know, you might find more success by just finding people with complementary services or kind of like VCs or uh, VC firms or VC adjacent organizations rather than direct clients. And those can then become referral sources for you. I'm like, that seems so obvious, but... I would not have come up with that on my own. <laughs> you know, how, how would I even know that as somebody that's never done, you know, marketing or sales before? So just small suggestions like that make a big difference. Like we've totally come up with a, a strategy around that in terms of our cold outreach, how we do follow-ups and who we focus on. And we have a, a list of, of, of VCs that we're now reaching out to, a list of like potential business partners that we're now reaching out to. And we're finding a lot of success there in terms of getting, getting calls on the books and, and building relationships and that will hopefully turn into future, future work. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's hard making, making progress in a silo. You, you want to lean on the knowledge and wisdom of, of others that you, know, you just want to have yourself and kind of build. Yeah. Just, I think leaning on others is such a, um, yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for help and don't do it alone if you don't have to. So that would be my, my suggestion. That's a good piece of advice. Um, certainly when we're working on our own, we know what we know, we know what we don't know. And our solutions are based on those two, what we know what, that we know, we know that we don't know, we, you know, try to try to solve what we don't know. But then there's, there's what we don't know that we don't know. And that's where others can be so helpful in conversations, whether they're part of structured conversations or, or some kind of unstructured communication. But yeah, having, having people in our corner that are looking out for our interest and can make these kinds of suggestions can be a game changer as you have found out. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Andre, before we close out, is there anything that you want to share that I haven't asked? Mm, let me think about that. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I love the discussion around community, you know, you know David, I'm, 
yeah, I'm grateful to you for you know welcoming me into the Smashing the Plateau community. I've met a lot of great folks there, and you you are always so genuinely willing to help, even <laughs> with sort of like this kind of unsexy, basic like starting a business types of things. Um, just introducing me to folks like we need like lawyers and accountants and stuff like that. So I just want to say thank you, thank you for that, and being a source of of wisdom there. And um, yeah, I'm I'm just grateful for the community, including yourself and the Smashing Smashing the Plateau folks. So yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and I'm I'm grateful for your contributions to others. You know, community works when when people are willing to be mutually supportive. So thank you for everything that you've done as well, Andre. And uh, thank you for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau, share a little bit about your own story and your insights and your wisdom that will share it forward to others that are following in your footsteps. My guest today has been the co-founder of Rally, Andre De La Cruz. Thank you, Andre, for joining us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much, David. I enjoyed this. Making the leap from the corporate career track to entrepreneurial business ownership can be done more effectively when you follow a system. In our Breaking Free workshop, you'll learn the five steps to smash your plateau, craft a weekly progress plan, and avoid common mistakes. This workshop is for dreamers, risk takers, and those ready to accelerate their business journey. Your first workshop is free. Visit smashingtheplateau.com workshops for details and to secure your spot in the next workshop. Don't miss out on this opportunity for a career transformation. That's smashingtheplateau.com workshops. Join us on our next episode of Smashing the Plateau for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.